We cut off at number 11 for this week, and that headline reads like this. Please declare a state of emergency ahead of Breonna Taylor decision posted by CBS News. And we put it to you on Monday, the 21st of September. And we put it out there because we were expecting something to happen and things did happen. For more details about what actually went down with this, because this is the cutoff story, you have to go to the link at our website. This is conversation.com and click the link for this week's podcast. In the meantime, we're going to get to the stories that were in the top 10, the very, very top ones, as per you in mere moments on this year podcast, which we call the weekly wrap up with Jay Cleveland Payne. This is for the week ending September 26, 2020. And welcome to the show. My name, Jay Cleveland Payne. This show, the weekly wrap up, it's a podcast that allows you to get inside of your own head, essentially. We wrap up the entire week's worth of news stories that we post a part of the conversation project on our social media sites attached to it. And you can find more about that at thisisaconversation.com. And you can follow us on social media and be a part of the voting process, if you will, by going to Facebook and Twitter and just doing what you do. On Facebook, look for This Is A Conversation. Make sure we're default in your feed. And on Twitter, we are TH underscore conversation. And all you do as you check your feed throughout the rest of the day for your normal stuff, you look for... For the articles, the headlines, the news sources we post throughout the day. We post one about every 50 minutes or so. Try our best to do that. We have some holes in the timeline, if you will. And as you see them come up, read the articles, take a look at them, and then like them, love them, hate them, share them. Engage with the post. And the further engagement that a post gets, the higher the score it gets. At the end of the week, we go from Friday to Friday. So at the end of the week, we take the scores from Facebook and Twitter. We basically weigh them out together so we have a one real score and then we'll rank all the stories from top to bottom top of course always number one this week the bottom story is at 201 so 201 distinct different stories we posted throughout the seven and a half days for you to vote on and we'll tell you about all the stories well we you can find about all the stories by going to the website and clicking the links because we have a list of every single story that made the list this week here in this countdown we talked about our cutoff story at number 11 we'll go through the top 10 10 to 1 in just a moment And at the very end, we'll talk about the very bottom, which we call the almost relevant story of the week. It's normally a later posting story. This one's actually an earlier posting story. We'll sort of explain that as we get along. So while we just ask for your support to help us write the podcast, essentially by doing the work and giving us what to use for the script, we're also going to ask you to help us actually keep the thing going. So if you think what we have is quality entertainment or quality information or just want to keep me from roaming the streets like a crazy person, you can become a sponsor and help partner with us to get things done. So go to this is the conversation.com slash partnerships and find out how you can partner with us to make sure this keeps going on and on. If you think this is great conversation and great pot, great uh, content, then help us with that. You can also just click on the links for any of our sponsors, any of our advertisements inside of any of our things, our newsletter, inside of the feed, on the website as well. But the most important thing you can do is essentially make sure you subscribe to the podcast yourself so you don't miss it and you share it with as many people as you can to make the conversation a larger conversation. It's not as good if it's just a few folks. We want as many people with their inputs in this as possible. You can email me for any things you want to, you know, either praise about or complain about at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. So let's go ahead and get into the counting for this week, starting at the story at number 10. This is a headline we posted on Sunday, the 20th of September. Van Morrison's new lockdown protest songs are, quote, dangerous. Northern Ireland's health minister says 
this story gets a bump in response. That means more people were responding to this one than the number 11 story. This one made it into the top 10 by just 3.57% of responses. And here's the deal on that one. Van Morrison is very much alive, very much making music, and very much making new music. And because he's that type of guy... He made up a new music, made a new song uh, dealing with coronavirus. And because he's that type of guy, it's essentially a protest to all the restrictions that people are dealing with. Now, North Ireland's uh, health minister uh, described the song and the actually three new songs, if you will, as dangerous because he's essentially protesting the lockdowns that the world and Ireland itself is dealing with. And by the way, he is Sir Van Morrison because he is knighted over there in Ireland. So so we give him his props there. But then you can call him what you want to if you think he's talking crazy. Essentially, the lyrics are, are basically talking about uh, the scientists are making up facts just to justify enslaving population. Um, the new normal is not normal is one of the, the things from the songs. And we were born to be free. Now, the beef with, is between him, Van Morrison, and and Robin Swan, who is the health minister of Northern Ireland, who says that um, if Sir Van had scientific facts, he should present them and not just sing about the rumors and just kind of complain about it. So you can figure out whether you think Van Morrison is grumbling or he's actually got a point in this thing. But because he has a, a voice and a following, there are people listening. And because the scientists already having issues with people listening to the wrong things. They're having issues with them listening. You can let us know what you think about this by emailing us at the conversation box at gmail.com. And let me know whether you think Van Morrison is on the right or wrong side of this part of history. This is a story we posted at number nine. And we posted on Saturday, the 19th of September, two dead, 14 wounded in mass shooting in Rochester, New York posted, like I said, on Saturday, the 19th, this is a bumper response from the 10 story of just 0.86%. And I'm going to read you from the article that we have. We pulled it from uh, Yahoo news. They aggregated it from good morning America. And we'll read a few lines of articles is basically the best way to state it. Two teenagers were killed and at least 14 others injured following a mass shooting at a backyard party in Rochester, New York early Saturday, according to the Rochester police department. The shooting took place on Pennsylvania Avenue around 12.25 a.m. Eastern Time, according to authorities. At least 40 rounds were fired, police said. This is, quote, truly a tragedy of epic proportions, unquote, Rochester intern police chief Mark Simmons said during a press conference early Saturday morning. Uh, quote, 16 victims is unheard of, unquote. Two deceased victims were identified by police as Jarvis Alexander and Jaquia Young, both 19, they were pronounced dead at the scene, Captain Frank Umbro said during a press conference later on that Saturday. The 14 surviving victims, ranging in ages from 17 to 23, were taken to two local hospitals, police said. None of the other victims have suffered life-threatening injuries, police said. So that is the good part about that. Check out the link for this story. There's still more pieces to read about this, go deeper into this. But this is a sad situation. These are all young people at a party, and something went wrong. Something did not go right, obviously. And because of that, many people were hurt. Two people were killed in this incident. We are definitely thinking about the families dealing with this and hope that there will be some resolution. Nothing as an update to the story that we saw, but some ultimate resolution for this case. Now, let's move to number eight story this week. The headline is Ellen addressed allegations of toxic workplace at the Ellen DeGeneres show during a seven minute monologue 
Monday, the 21st of September, the day we posted this. This is, of course, the day Ellen show premiered this season. Uh, bumper response from the number nine story of 10.26%. Now, Ellen DeGeneres had a pretty bad summer, and she addressed it in the monologue, the opening to her brand new show, brand new season of the show, which, of course, had no audience except for people on screens. That's what we do these days, apparently. And what she gave was a seven-minute kind of speech that went into some of the details that went going on. However, it's, uh, it opened up with some some kind of, a, will say, lame jokes and some kind of flat just speech that didn't really – didn't really move a lot of folks. In fact, a lot of the write-ups on Ellen's uh, talk about this was the fact that it wasn't very good. It wasn't a good good look, wasn't a good sound. It didn't really address what was going on. Now, she did say that things would be changing, and she became aware of things that were not not right in her for her show, in her studio, and things were going to be worked out fairly soon. Uh, but unfortunately, the words seem to ring hollow with people who are watching and people who are critiquing. So we'll see how many changes goes on, how much is going to happen to the show and whether she is on the down decline from her part as Hollywood royalty right now, whether she's going to get canceled eventually or not, not just so much for the show, but just for culture wise. Now she's in her sixties. So uh, not that she's old and needs to go retire, but she's been doing um, entertainment for quite some time doing this show for uh, over a decade. So We'll see if this show is going to survive just the changing of the times, especially with so many other shows that are popping up that honestly aren't quite working. And whether it's a time for another shift in the entertainment business to, to focus on something else for daytime and afternoon TV, as opposed to celebrities chatting with folks, which was big way back when and then went away. Now it's back. We'll see whether it's going to stick around going forward. Now, a lot of the stories you post on the conversation in the feeds are essentially needing to fill up time because we try to post a story literally every 50 minutes from Friday to Friday. So that's a lot of time needs to be filled. This is one that got posted that I didn't think would get that much response. But apparently y'all either don't like some Ty Lawson or maybe I like some cakes. Number seven, Ty Lawson banned from CBA for Instagram posts claiming Chinese women have cakes. Saturday, the 19th of September's day, this was posted a bump in response from the numbers eight story of 5.43%. Now, we posted this from the complex. It's a news site. It's a blog. It's whatever you call it. And it's been updated because he had to sort of explain himself. Now, essentially, Ty Lawson, currently playing in the uh, Chinese Basketball Association, uh, had an Instagram post uh, when he had a, a, a lady sitting in his lap talking about her nice cakes. Uh, well, apparently the, uh, some people didn't quite understand what was going on. And so what happened, he basically got banned from playing basketball. So Mr. Lawson came up with a Instagram explanation, uh, explaining, uh, what happened. Um, so basically saying, because, um, they, they took, let me, let me, let me back up a little bit. They took the response to the Instagram post and what was going on as something being racist, which oddly enough, because we're dealing with so much weird racism speak here in the United States, became an issue in China for a American black man saying things that were racist, essentially saying something like cakes uh, can have overtones for Asian people, which is not so great. Mr. Lawson explained, I'm probably the least racist guy you've ever met in your life. Cakes means that she has a nice body. 
which is what he meant to say, although he said it in the slang, which apparently, and as we find out in some cases, your slang don't mean their slang. Our slang don't mean their slang. The things you're used to saying around your boys sometimes might upset other nations. We'll see if Ty Lawson gets himself back into basketball anytime soon, but we'll but and we'll see if there's an international incident. We have enough issues with the actual politicians. I don't think Ty Lawson's issue is going to cause that much of an issue, but of course we'll see. The story that your votes came in at number six this week: frustrated Danny Lee six putts from four feet, then withdraws from U.S. Open Sunday, the twentieth of September. Today we posted that one. A bump in response. 25% on the nose. Let me just read you the story that I have it from golf.com or golfchannel.com, the golf channel owned by NBC. Danny Lee withdrew after third round 78 of the 120th U.S. Open, citing a wrist injury. But it wasn't a pain shot from winged foot Lush's rough that approved, appeared to be the catalyst for the withdrawal. Lee was three over par for the round, facing a four-foot par putt on a par four, 18th to finish the day. He missed that on the left side and then missed the comeback for bogey. Lee then frustratingly ping-ponged his ball from one side of the hole to the other before eventually six-putting and making a quadruple bogey nine. That's bad. Lee signed his 78 and then called it a championship. That means he signed his golf card and just walked off. He said because, like he said, he blamed it on a wrist injury because maybe his wrist was why he can hit that putt. But he made some particularly bad golf before walking away. Uh, this is one, like I said, sometimes we're basically filling up space. And with the lack of sports, and although some days, these days, there's way too much sports, we're throwing everything out there. What's to, to take up the space? This one was one that got you curious. A lot of people apparently were paying attention to golf on Sunday. So Sunday made this one a big pick and it stick around for a long time. Let's go to the story at number five. This one may be my favorite story of the week. The headline is Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston think it's, quote, hysterical, unquote, that everyone wants them to date again. Posted on Sunday, the 20th of September. Uh, this gets a bumper response of 10 percent from the number six story. Now, I'm going to give you basically the, the background of what was going on about a week and a half ago or so. There was a reading, a table read via Zoom or via online video. I don't know if Zoom was the actual platform. Uh, of Fast Times at Richmond High. It was done for charity, and various superstars came in to fill in and read the parts, and it included some folks from the original cast who were, were in there. So we got to see um, Spicoli, who was, of course, originally played by Sean Penn, being played hilariously by Shia LaBeouf. We had a chance to hear the voice of God, that's Morgan Freeman, uh, who was essentially uh, narrating porn for the most part. And the porn he was narrating happened to be this famous scene that had Judge Nelson, um, well, doing his thing uh, when he was fantasizing about the neighbor from the pool. Fillings for that scene, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston, who actually opened up the, uh, the, the show when everybody popped in with some kind of flirty hellos back and forth. And the fact that, you know, Brad Pitt was in a table read where he was fantasizing about having sex with technically his ex-girlfriend, but the person in the scene and having Julia Roberts playing the younger sister giggle along the way was hilarious. And if you listen to Morgan Freeman, as we said, the voice of God narrating porn, you would have gotten just how silly it got and just how just ridiculous it, it, it turned into for a great charity to work for that. And a lot of interesting scenes 
that were brought up in social media. But the biggest thing was because of the little little flirtations that they had inside of this reading, people just sort of wanted them back together. I'm sure that, well, they addressed it. It's not happening, so don't get your hopes up. Or if you're hoping to find one of them, then get your hopes up. At number four, Tropical Storm Beta expected to hit Texas coast as hurricane strength by Monday, Saturday the 19th. Today we posted that one with a bump in response of 5.35%. Tropical Storm Beta actually turned into a hurricane, a very minor hurricane, and it hit Louisiana basically right after the other ones did. But it did not stick stay as a hurricane very long. It broke up pretty quickly uh, and went to tropical storm status and fairly big rainstorm status. Here in Arkansas, we felt a big chunk of rain for two three days from tropical storm beta. Remember, this is because um, it's beta. It's a second name storm that is off of the actual regular alphabet and into the Greek alphabet. Uh, it's stayed in the Gulf and just had a slow churn for a couple of days. It was a very slow moving storm. So it took a while to actually get to land. And once it got to land, it really lost power. Um, now, it still dropped plenty of rain and a good bit of wind on folks. But at the same time, it wasn't as bad as the, as the ones that preceded it. It was a weirdness on that end. Meanwhile, Hurricane P um, reemerged itself it's a zombie storm that's not actually covered in this thing, but other hurricanes reemerge and there's other storms in the system and hurricane season not quite over yet, but we're already into the Greek alphabet and a very busy season going so far. Now, going to story number three, Warren Sapp calls Fox report fake news that he's joining Jackson State football staff. Tuesday, the the 22nd of September, sorry about that, uh, is when we posted this one. And the the story gets a bumper response of 24.37%. This comes along the news that Deion Sanders, who had been rumored for days, who officially announced on Tuesday as the new head coach for Jackson State football. And with that came one of the largest parades and announcements of any football coach, I think, ever coming to a school. And because it's a historically black college, it's a smaller school and if you don't understand the culture of historic black colleges, there's a really tight knit, uh, really tight knit sort of grouping with the coaches and the schools and the teams that play around them. But this is a chance for a smaller school and a historically black school. Uh, black colleges aren't getting a lot of run lately because the major stars aren't coming from them to bring in big time recruits and make it big time football. Prime time sort of makes everything big time, if you will. So there's a rumor of so many big names. I'm not even going to go into them. But originally, as soon as we got the hiring news, uh, Fox Sports had a big list of the rumored people who were supposed to be joining the staff. And Warren Sapp was supposed to be on the staff for the defense. He said it was fake news. He says he ain't going. But it's mostly a story of the rumors that since that since uh, Jackson State pulled a big name like Deion Sanders to be the head coach, he can pull some big names, big NFL talent to come and coach the team and bring in real talent to college football or black college football, if you will. We'll see how this happens once we find out who actually gets hired in for his staff. But before we can move on, I don't have it properly listed in the notes, but the number three story from Warren Sapp saying that Fox report is fake news from going to Jackson State. I don't know why I read the whole thing like that. It is the number one story for Facebook responders this week. So make sure you know where the context is. Most of the Facebook work went to this story on the week. But of course, it is a matching of both Twitter and Facebook. So the combined scores mean there's two more ahead of it. And number two has this headline. PlayStation apologizes for PS5 pre-order fiasco, says process could have been a lot better. 
We posted this on Sunday, the 20th of September as well. Bump in response from the previous number three story. Get this, 86.94%. That's a lot. We pulled the story from Fox Business, but this was all over the place. PlayStation announced uh, this new console, the PS5, a couple different versions of it. And there wasn't really, well, there was complaints about the, the consoles. You get a lot of that from gamers and from people saying it's not interesting, it's not that exciting, this doesn't have Wi-Fi, it needs more storage. So you get a bunch of that stuff from people who are waiting to get the game systems, but they're going to buy them anyway. So because they won the bottom anyway, they went to go to the pre-orders and the pre-orders did not go so well. The retailers that were sending the pre-orders just basically bungled it for the most part. So here's the message that PlayStation gave on their official Twitter account. Let's be honest. PS5 pre-orders could have been a lot smoother. We truly apologize for that. Over the next few days, we will release more PS5 consoles for pre-order. Retailers will share more details, and more PS5s will be available through the end of the year. So to fix the issue they had with the pre-order just fiasco, that's what they said, so we're going to call it that, they're going to essentially let more inventory out. In most cases, as you think, you know, especially since now it's September, we're getting closer to Christmas time and things like that. There is a limited amount of inventory to make sure that the people are are really, really jazzed about getting it. Uh, and if it's a, it's a flop, it, it doesn't, it's not too bad of a flop. But in most cases, if it's something that's really, really, really coveted, uh, the scarcity makes it that much more great. They're going to fix this by making it not such as scarce as it would have been because people going into pre-orders ended up finding that they couldn't because website issues or store inventory issues or whatever. Uh, so if you are looking to get that PlayStation 5 on a pre-order, chances are if you can't make that happen, uh, you'll get one when they come out pretty soon on just regular orders. They probably won't run out quite as quick. We'll see what that means for PlayStation bottom line and for the gaming systems in general. Now, let's get to the story at number one. We always give it grand fanfare because it deserves it. It did all this work to get here. It is the number one story by leaps and bounds via Twitter. Uh, It is the story we posted on Tuesday, the 22nd of September. The full details on its status is it's an 81.66% bump in response from the number two story. Uh, It's a... From the number 10 story on Van Morrison and his very dangerous, uh, health, unhealthy protest songs about coronavirus, the bumper response is 611%. Now, and going all the way down to the almost relevant story of the week, we'll tell you about what that is in a moment, but it's the number 201st story of the week. 14 or 41,000, can't read today, 500%. That's how much more responsive it was than that story and the headline for that story is 1619 project author nicole hannah jones now says she never implied that the year was america's true founding reason.com is the source of this posting we posted on tuesday the 22nd of september and let's get into the dealio okay so here's exactly well not exactly here's what went down can't say exactly what went down uh Nicole Hannah-Jones is the creator for the 1619 Project, which was written up in the New York Times, which talked about the first slaves coming to North America, the new land, what would be the United States a hundred and so years later. 
And so what essentially came out of the project, a lot of people came to think about it, and a lot of commentators turned into was the fact that 400 years ago, 401 at this point, the first Africans were brought over here to essentially build what would be America. So in theory, America's founding and the beginning of America happened in 1619, not 1776. And essentially that turned into an idea that ran wild with a lot of commentators going on either side, essentially uh, exhaling that fact or detracting that fact. Now, apparently, the author of the project is saying she didn't actually imply that or she never meant to implicitly say that by her writings, this is where she was going with it. It just sort of happened. And then people kind of went with it and she just sort of let it happen and didn't try to break it down until now. She never meant to imply that America started in 1619 based on this because there's a whole lot of other factors that go into the founding of this nation and what's going down. But the fact that it turned into such a big deal, a lot of people, including the president, uh, would backlash against 1619 and calling it an un-American project or un-American history if you will, essentially calling it bad history and make sure people learn the right history. That's a code word. If you, if you ever heard one, she is going back and not exactly, this is me defending her, not exactly uh, retracting or rewriting the history of her writing, but trying to clarify. Now, if you go along with that, which I happen to do go along with that, then you can, you know, take it for what it's worth. If you don't go along with that and you believe she did imply that America And its mindset was actually started in 1619 with the originating of the slaves coming to the the nation, the states, the the land, if you will, to get things started. That's an argument we can probably have offline, and we hopefully can have it fairly civilly over a beer. Email me at theconversationinbox at gmail.com. We can chat about this one and any of the stories that we talk about inside of this thing. In fact, any of the stories inside this week's podcast, because if you go to the link for this week's podcast at our website, thisistheconversation.com. This course, the week ending September the 26th, 2020, we have there not only the rundown of the top 10, but the whole 11 through 15, we have the also ran. So you can see which stories were almost there to give you some context. And we also have a link where you can go and read through every other single story we have going from 16 to 200. Every single story we listed, you can see where it ranked around the week. And we'll go into deeper explanations of how things work out in a bit later as well. But you can see exactly how we did things for the week right there. So at this point in time, we are basically out of time for the countdown. We went through the 10 top stories. we we'll let you know what story barely missed it at 11. In a moment, we'll talk about the almost relevant story of the week. But first, we'll do quickly the errors, omissions, uh, explanations, and apologies, which we have very little of this week, except for not having some notes uh, a sample to remind me to talk about the top stories. We did have the number three story of Warren Sapp saying he's not going to Jackson State to, play, to coach football as a top Facebook story. That meant obviously the number one story is the top Twitter story by many, many, many's. Uh, the engagement for this week, uh, the number one story, because it was such a hot topic, uh, got an engagement level of 12.10% on its own. And the top, meaning the top five, is back onto a higher level. Uh, top five is normally a little over 25% when engagement. The top 10, I should say, is only about 25% of the total engagement of the week. 
This week, it's 35.93%, almost 36%. The middle or the lower tier, the 11 through 15, the almost rands, usually about 10%. This week, about 7.17% or exactly 7.17%. Uh, the Facebook uh, uh, the Facebook engagement at 8.61% this week. Twitter, of course, on fire, 91.39%. And to make it all put in perspective, the almost relevant story for the week, story 201, it got a response all by its lonesome of 0.03 engagement. That's how many people actually got into it. As we said, it was less responsive than the top story by 41,500. Here's your headline for this story. White dude decides to commit social suicide by correcting Japanese woman's grammar or ladies' grammar, as written there. We posted this on Friday, the 18th of September. You know how bad it turned out in the response. And here's a bit from the story from Board Panda, which gives us some things that are funny, some things that are sad, and some things that scratch our heads. This one was so out there, you didn't care for it, but here it is anyway. Have you ever been in a situation where you messed up so badly and made things so awkward that it still hurts to think about it to this day? Even if you have, odds are you are nowhere as cringy as one guy named Michael. Meet Michael, who is making the rounds on Reddit for his facepalm-worthy behavior and for being too GD stupid for his own good. The amateur Japanese language enthusiast thought he knew the language better than his pal's mixed Japanese wife and her Japanese grandmother, So he, quote, corrected their grammar. He then insulted them for not being, quote, unquote, submissive and was forced to eat hot dogs instead of delicious traditional Japanese foods like everyone else. The moral of the story is simple. Don't be like Michael or else you'll do something you'll probably regret for a long, long time. As you can guess, this got pulled off board panda who pulled it off of a Reddit uh yeah, and it turned into a thing. You can go to our website, thisistheconversation.com, click the link for this week's podcast, week ending September the 26, 2020, and you can read the story deeply or just search for it in the Reddit. I'm sure it's still out there causing issues for Michael for just being a jerk. And with that, you may call me a jerk. You can if you want to, but whether you like it or not, hopefully you don't like it. We're done. That means you'd like more of this, but we've, we're out of stuff to talk about for this week per you, per what you said we can talk about. You gave us a top 10. We told you what the cutoff was, and we told you what you really, really, really didn't want to talk about, which if you do, you can check it out online. Now, what we can do, what, well, what, well, now, well, for one, I can stop rambling, but two, what you can do for us is help contribute to what we're talking about. You tell us what are the most interesting, most conversational, the best stories that we can talk about. Because most of these stories did not make it to CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, any of the big time stories because, you know, they're talking Trump all day, which is important. But sometimes there are other things that are more interesting, more conversational, something that actually reaches out and touches people in a better way. So you let us know what stories we're posting from all over the place uh, by going to this is the conversation dot com, our website. Also looking at our Twitter feed, TH underscore conversation and Facebook. This is a conversation. And as you see our stories come through the feeds, like them, love them, hate them, share them. Give us your response and we will let you know which ones you love were the best. You can also help keep things going, literally keeping the lights on for the project by going to this is the conversation dot com slash partnerships and become a partner. Help us keep things going. The biggest thing you can do is, and it costs you very little, is to make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and sharing it with other people. The more people you share it with, the bigger the group we have, better conversations. 
just like that. If you want to email me and talk about any of the stories, email me at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. You can also, you can just check out anything else, other things I'm doing, my other projects at jclevenpain.net. Once again, thank you so much for being a part of this project. We've had some changes in the format in the last couple of weeks, and thank you so much for your replies to this. Yes, we will next week have the shout-outs to our partners because we do that to give them plenty of thanks and praise, and that's what we're going to do for next week. So thank you uh, for being a partner. If you are, if you're thinking about it, thank you in advance. And we'll come back next week with more of this type of stuff. Hopefully a little less choppy, a little less stuttering, and a lot more preparation. Sometimes preparation makes a difference. But most importantly, we're going to talk about what it is that you actually want to talk about news-wise during the week. So we're working on it right now, already posting stories. And we'll see next week what happens as you tell us what are the best stories, most conversational stories throughout the week. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week.